International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition International Orienteering Podcast Warmly welcome again to International Orienteering Podcast uh, uh, This episode uh, in the off-season we need to take care of the silly season because there is something happening happening there uh, with some transfers isn't i'm right Ivo? yeah it's been uh, quite uh, quiet from us on this silly season front in the last few episodes but uh, yeah less than i think it was less than an hour after we finished uh, recording the episode last week then it was then i saw on on the swedish forum orienterare that uh, Farum Tisvilde have some new runners, um, and one of them is actually a Swede. Uh, so the Danish, the new Danish super team that they are trying to build, uh, yeah, they have got a lot of Danish runners already, and now they also got a Swedish runner uh, in Gustav Runefors from Växjö. Uh, I think, yeah, most of our listeners that are well known with Swedish orienteering, they probably know about his name because he's been a solid runner. Just, but a little bit below the national team level, so you don't get to see him competing internationally. But he's been, yeah, often been running good races on these smaller Swedish races, uh, and also having some decent results in the Swedish league and so on. Uh, so he's definitely a very, very strong uh, addition to the Farum Tisvilde team. Uh, I think when it comes to the big relays, I would not be surprised if we can say that. He is maybe the second best runner uh, in the team. Uh, Søren Tranødum is obviously the best one, uh, but from the ones that we uh, we know about so far, I think yeah, Gustav Rundfors is in def- definitely in the same category as, for example, Marius Tranødum and so on. Uh, so that's a very very strong addition. Uh, and then I also said so, read some rumors about uh, a younger Danish guy, uh, Hans Grønborg Nielsen. Um, he was at Jaywalk last year. Uh, and he did a very well, very good result in uh, in the Norwegian ultra long race Blutsleet at the end of the season. I think he was number two or number three there. So obviously a strong physically uh, runner because you have to be that strong to do well in Blutsleet. Um, and he is said to be uh, be going to Farum Tisvilde as well. Uh, he's from the Danish club Allerud, which I think is pretty close to Farum. So one of those local runners from one of the other clubs in the nearby. Uh, but yeah, it. W- but what's interesting about this is that in September he was uh, presented as a new runner for Pantrisanstad in Sweden, and now apparently after just a few months and not even been racing for Pantrisanstad, I think uh, then he is apparently going to Farum Tisvilde as well. Um, so yeah, that's two two potentially very good additions to Farum Tisvilde, and I think that for every runner at a decent level. Uh, it brings a lot to their depth, uh, which will be extremely important for Tiumila. Uh, but also for the last few spots in the Ukula team, there is uh, there is space for improvement in the in the depth department. Um, so yeah, it, it will be very interesting to see uh, when more races are coming up. Um, we saw Gustav Runefors, he was running for Fagum Tisvild in the Night Cup in Gothenburg. So he has like officially made his debut already. Um, it would have been yeah, I mean, we are still waiting for the official press release or website uh, presentation from Fagrun Tisvilde on all the new runners. Uh, so, so far, you know, we get one runner here, one runner there. and But it will be very interesting to see what the end result looks like. 
Uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, you mentioning Pont Kristianstad here uh, uh, with uh, Hans uh, Gunborg Nielsen is uh, is uh, dodging them for uh, for him to Svilda. Because uh, the Danish uh, podcast in orienteering podcast or what they call with the Yapperud, in their last episode, they were uh, taking the parallel between Forum and uh, Pankrishansta, and then uh, the exceptional good uh, Pankrishansta performance in uh, Yukula last year when they were uh, top 10. Uh, and uh, telling that uh, Forum may also have uh, that potential in uh, quite a short time. Yeah, I mean, for a top 10 position, you can be you can be quite far behind. Uh, so if you have a team that is yeah not among the 10 strongest on paper, if you do a good performance during the night and you avoid losing a lot of time in the morning, uh, it is possible. I think, yeah, finishing in 10th place at Jukola, it's... It's not that hard. Uh, I mean, you can often be like yeah, 20, 30 minutes behind. Um, but yeah, to get to get higher up, uh, it it takes a lot of quality runners. Uh, but yeah, when Pan Kishansta, they were just outside top 10 last year. Or did they barely make it in the top 10? Oh, they were they made number it. 10, I think. They were number uh, 10. Actually, number 10, yeah. Yeah, there was a sprint there. And uh, uh, Gernot Kershbaum did, did a good sprint there. Uh, Gernot Imsien. Um, so yeah, I, obviously a top ten is within reach, uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's not given. Uh, but one team uh, that has won uh, Jukola a couple of times are getting a new runner also, but uh, this is the women's side. Yeah, uh, Sturatuna. Uh, I think this happened some weeks ago, but I have missed it uh, until lately. Uh, Erika Edman. Uh, a Swedish girl. She's been running for EF2 in the last few years. Uh, she's changing to Sturatuna. And she's another one of those typical Swedish runners that, yeah, you you haven't seen them internationally uh, in, in, the, in the real deal, uh, but they are still at a high level. She was in the top 10 of the Swedish championship last year. Uh, I think she also got to run the Euro meeting. Um, so yeah, she's a she's a good runner, and yeah, on the women's side, we know that Sturatuna for years they have been struggling with with the depth of the team. Uh, of course, the two Alexandersen as the big star, and lately they also had Marie Olausen and yeah, some other really good runners in uh, Tilda Östberg, Rebecca Heinrup. Uh, but next year, with uh, six girls needed for Kiumila, uh, to have another girl that is capable of being in the top ten at Swedish Championship in the team, that's uh, that's going to be. Uh, uh, an important, um, yeah, uh, in, an, an important addition for Sturatuna women's team. Definitely, definitely. Do 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 you think uh, they can uh, challenge uh, IFK Göteborg? Ah, it's going to be extremely hard. Uh, IFK Göteborg, there are so many girls that are extremely good, and now, yeah, since. Uh, yeah, since the last two years uh, with Sarah Hagström really, really stepping up and almost being as good as Tove Alexandersson uh, in many races and with Simon Eberschold in the team as well. They also have the yeah two of the best three runners in the world, probably. Um, so it will. It's the, I think the days are gone where Tove can start five, six, seven minutes behind on the last leg and, and catch up. Uh, so Sturatuna really needs to be 
they need to be close. Uh, it's not impossible. I mean, yeah, last year they had three Swedish champions on individual races. You know, uh, Tove won the long distance and middle distance. Till Ösberg won the knockout sprint. Uh, Rebecca Henrik won the ultra long, and Marie Ulsen was Norwegian champion. So um, there is there is enough quality, uh, but they are a bit too. How do you say uh, unstable? Uh, girls like uh, Östberg and Hendrup are really, really good on their good days, uh, but they are not uh, stable performers at that level. Uh, why I picked the IFK Göteborg issue here is uh, that we have a guest in this episode that's actually running for for them. Uh, Simona Eversolt uh, is uh, her name, and uh, yeah, you mentioned. Uh, uh, she is on a really high level. Yeah, I mean the, the reigning world champion on the long distance. Uh, she's yeah, she's a, she's young. I think she's twenty five, but she's still collected a lot of medals um, in world championship, in European championship, uh, and also before that in in Jaywalk. Um, one of the yeah, one of the biggest stars of the orienteering world. Um, she's been that for the last yeah five years, and there is no reason to believe that she would be something else than one of the biggest stars in orienteering in the next five, ten years as well. Yeah, you mentioned she won the uh, world champs in the long distance, but uh, uh, and, and then it's easy to think that she's only a forest runner and a long distance runner, but she is actually also uh, really good uh, results in the sprint. But uh, she is uh, twitching her uh, training to get even faster in uh, and the world champs this summer, and uh, I think we should listen to what uh, is her. Uh, yeah, that it's not her secrets because she is telling us, but uh, which uh, twitch she is doing in her training. Listen out there now. Even national or interim podcast uh, has. Uh, made it possible to talk to uh, one of the biggest stars in the women orienteering, Simona Abbasol. How are you doing in the winter uh, right now, uh, Simona? Yeah, thanks. I'm fine. I'm uh, on tentative right now, already for almost three weeks now. And the uh, training goes really well and I'm enjoying the sun here. Uh, what is the plan by being uh, yeah uh, at uh, Tenerife? Is it uh, orienteering, technical, or physical, or both? No, it's mostly physical this winter, as my goal is still like last year to improve a lot on the physical part, and then of course the opportunities for orienteering here are many. <laughs> so uh, it's really cool to have so many maps here, forest maps, and really good sprint maps as well. So the focus is definitely not only on the physical part. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're talking about um, uh, achieving a better running speed or physical capacity. Uh, uh, can you be specific? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of threshold training right now, as I'm always doing during winter, I guess. Um, yeah, and... Uh, most or 50% probably is uphill, 50% flat. Or, yeah, it's quite hard to find flat parts here on Tenerife. But uh, I'll try to get as many sprint sessions, fast sprint sessions mostly. Um, 
and then also sessions that are a bit longer in the forest to still keep the long distance speed a bit up. Yeah, there, there you are uh, touching uh, yeah, how, how you will uh, be pro- prioritizing this season. It's a sprint uh, world champs. Uh, so your uh, main focus is in sprint? or? Yeah, exactly. The main focus is in sprint until walk and then after walk it will be yeah quite a lot of time to switch to the forest again so uh, i'll try to do that then but also to still keep the forest training in my training before walk until yeah some weeks before um just to like get a bit uh, ahead of the of the training already now uh how, how is it for you um uh, achieving uh, maybe the most, uh, the biggest goal ever, winning uh, uh, world champs on home soil. Uh, how is it for you to be motivated for uh, for training for a new uh, season and a new uh, goals? Yeah, I'm actually really motivated right now because I saw that my physical speed increased and got a lot better already during um, autumn and the season off. So, uh, yeah, the goal is to still get better and better and then yeah we'll see we'll see what we can do <laughs> yeah definitely you can do quite good uh, uh, both in the europeans and in last world champs in um, in sprint uh, you were only seconds uh, behind uh, the um, the gold medal and uh, yeah what what where can you improve where can you take those seconds yeah i think i can take the seconds everywhere actually um of course also the technical part but mostly the physical part i just have to get faster still and uh, get ahead of the other runners and also yeah especially for knockout i think i i just need more physical speed and uh, need to be quite a bit faster still that i can handle a full work program and then also knockout sprint yeah, you were uh, number five in the knockout in the last World Champs. After uh, then, you were also number two in both sprint relay and uh, individual sprint. Uh, but then about the knockout, uh, there must have been uh, special for you during the knockout sprint in the European Champs uh, when your uh, boyfriend Kasper, he was uh, yeah he crashed with Joey there in the quarterfinal. How was it for you being in the quarantine then? Yeah, it was actually quite tough already before I knew that the Casper had the crash because I yeah, had the, quite the stomach ache after the quarterfinals. So I didn't even know if I was able to uh, yeah, stand at the start line again and give my best there. But yeah, then I got to know that there was a crash between Casper and Joey. And yeah, that got me quite uh, down and... Uh, yeah, I didn't really know how to handle it because it had never happened to me before that, uh, yeah, someone close to me had crashed and I was in the quarantine and, uh, yeah, kind of like just got to know it there without really knowing what had happened and it sounded quite bad. So, um, yeah, I was really glad that the Norwegian coaches were there and could give me an update after some minutes. Yeah, how how uh, how much uh, information did you get there, and uh, after how long? Um, yeah, it was 
I think it was after five or ten minutes, I was already starting to warm up again. And then a teammate came back and uh, yeah, said that there was a crash between Joey and Kasper. And then I went straight or yeah, I went straight to the Norwegian coaches and they came back with the information like five or ten minutes later. But yeah, it was a long ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was a long ten. But uh, you, uh, you didn't have to go and run your heat before you get got to know uh, the circumstances. No, exactly. Yes, that was good that I could stand at the start line and and uh, knew that everything was all right. And also the stomach ache was gone after that shock. So. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And uh, the quarantine uh, in the knockout uh, already is quite stressful and. Uh, and mental, so you got another uh, mental uh, challenge there. Uh, exactly. Uh, was that? Uh, yeah, was that? Uh, but did you handle it uh, during your heats? Yeah, I think I handled it quite well. Or actually, it was the physical speed in the end. Maybe it was also a bit the mental part. But but after a stomach ache, I was quite empty somehow, and uh, it was hard to get the focus back. And then, yeah, the speed felt quite good, but I didn't really have the speed in the end to keep up with the others. So uh, I was anyways out after the semis. Yeah, I understand. Uh, and uh, now you are on Tenerife uh, until uh, late January, as far as I know. Exactly. And uh, what, what are your plans uh, for the rest of the winter? Yeah, I'll actually stay in the south until uh, 10th of March. So basically the whole winter, I'll go to Fonhomme with Kasper after um, Tenerife or directly from here. So uh, yeah, it will be cool to get some real winter again. <laughs> um, quite the change from Tenerife. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it, to get some high and then, altitude. And then uh, we're talking high altitude. Uh, do you have a program for that uh, this season? Uh, yeah, exactly. The first, or actually, it was Casper that was uh, mostly up to it. Um, mostly going to high altitude camps right before uh, World Champs. So yeah, I'll also go to Saint Moritz before World Champs this year. So that's what I think helps me most. Yeah, you but did. Also, you... Of course, during winter. Yeah, you did that uh, also uh, for last year's uh, World Champs. Exactly, and it worked really well, so I think that I'll definitely do it uh, next year's as well. Uh, and then you have a, uh, have a key to success there, uh, and uh, and a plan for the world champs. Uh, uh, how are you um, thinking then uh, for the Europeans and the overall World Cup? Yeah, of course, I want to be well prepared for European champs as well as well as possible. So uh, I'll already go to Hungary in April, I think, for the official training camp there and uh, try to get as much of the terrain as possible. And then also um, go to Hungary a bit earlier before the European champs to get some more um, experience in that terrain there. Uh, do you know how, how does it suit you, uh, this uh, terrain? I think it suits me pretty well with the hills and the valleys. It's uh, quite a lot like Switzerland. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, excited to see how it really is until now. I've just seen it on pictures and some videos and uh, maps. 
And uh, about the overall World Cup, uh, can you uh, deal with the Swedish uh, runners, the strong Sahog, some and Tuva Alexandersson? Yeah, I'm trying to be well prepared. I'm uh, trying to get the best preparation possible with the whole winter in uh, Southern Europe right now. Um, so yeah, I hope that the physical speed will be there, also the technical part, and then I'm ready to to battle. Yeah, and then uh, uh, you you uh, you need to break uh, Tuves. Uh, uh, how many does she have in a row? I don't remember exactly, but uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's enough. <laughs> Time so, for another one. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, and then it's important to perform quite good also in the World Cup final in Finland. Um, uh, how important will that be for you? Really important. Um, yeah, it's one of the best possible, I say, training possibilities for uh, WUK next year. Um, yeah, in relevant terrain with really good competitions. So, uh, yeah, the goal is to be well prepared for those with training camps before as well, um, but also to take them as a preparation for WUK in 25. Yeah, you're telling uh, that you're uh, as motivated as ever and you are also quite young, but uh, yeah, definitely looking for 25. But uh, how far does uh, uh, you see in your career? Yeah, WUK this or last year was uh, my biggest goal in my career. Um, so, yeah, it's hard or it was first hard to get like motivated again for a big goal. But now I know that I have so many years to come and uh, I'm so motivated to take as many World Champs titles as possible. So, uh, yeah, right now I don't have like as big of a goal as last year's world champs anymore because that was just like home world champs and uh, that first world champion title that i really wanted but uh, i have so many other goals like uh, winning world cup overall for example or uh, winning one uh, world champs gold in every discipline so uh, there's a lot to come and a lot to be motivated for uh, how is it? Uh, um, you maybe need to take some more responsibility in the Swiss team when uh, some of the older uh, women are retiring. Uh, is that also interesting or maybe not motivating that they're uh, retiring? But uh, there is a new situation. Yeah, of course, it's a totally new situation. I mean, my whole uh, World Champs team of 2021. Um, the relay in Czech Republic is gone now. I'm the only one left. So um, I already got Natalia as a new teammate last year. So I already know how she's running on a team. Um, but it will be really interesting um, to see who's the third one or how the team uh, consists next year So or this year. So uh, yeah, it will be a challenge to... to uh, yeah, find the team again and like uh, get used to the new team as it was the same team for like many years now. Yeah, now you we need to settle. Is it uh, is it uh, yeah opportunity to for the other team to challenge you or will you be as strong as you have been before? What do you think? 
yeah, of course, I hope that we'll be as strong as before, maybe even so, you know, uh, who knows. Um, but yeah, I'm really positive that our team will be in the best possible shape at uh, World Champs and also European Champs. And I see it as a really cool challenge to to get to know new team members. Uh, as uh, I know, you have been uh, training a bit with the Norwegian team at Tenerife. Uh, uh, are uh, are you stronger than them this uh, early January? Um, yeah, in Tenerife I was stronger than them. <laughs> um, not always, but um, often I was stronger. So uh, it was interesting to see how my shape was. Um, and it was really good to see that I was this year a lot better than last winter. Last winter I had quite a lot of troubles with... Uh, yeah, finding the right shape and uh, enough re- getting enough recovery. And it was quite hard to meet the Norwegians here and see that my shape was just not as good as it should be. So this year it was really cool to see that I was really able to battle them and um, challenge them in a knockout sprint. So uh, you're telling your balance and your uh, training better uh, this winter or uh, enough recovery. Uh, was that the problem last winter? Yeah, I think... The recovery is a lot better this year. I mean, uh, I ran some road races last uh, November. And there, yeah, last year I really had troubles to recover from the road races. And this year I knew that I would have troubles. So I kind of tried to get more recovery even and uh, try to get as much recovery as possible with still uh, keeping up the training load. So I got better with the road races and not worse, uh, like last year. So this was already a really good start in the new season. So this uh, looks really good for you. That's uh, dangerous for the other um, in the world, uh, top of the world in orienteering. Yeah, I'm looking Um, forward to the first races, actually. Yeah, what will be the first races uh, with uh, kind of importance for you? Yeah, I think it's hard to say. There's some races in Switzerland in the beginning of the year. And then, uh, yeah, some, I think, in Edinburgh that we will run some uh, races. But I think the first really important races are work up in May, I guess, um, and June in Switzerland and Italy. Uh, Which answers do you need uh, there to... uh... Uh, yeah, be confident when you're going into the last prep for uh, World Champs. Yeah, I think right now training is going really well. So I really want to keep that up and yeah, know that the training is going well um, right before those competitions as well so that I have the self-confidence that I need to to perform at my best. Yeah, and uh, you best in Denmark two years ago, or one and a half years ago, was two silver medals and a fifth place. As I mentioned, uh, what do you need in the World Ca- World Champs this uh, summer to be satisfied? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard to say. It's a sprint World Champs. So, um, yeah, I've never really won that many medals and sprint world champs last one was in uh, Denmark there I had quite a lot of troubles um so yeah I think I'm happy with 
with a medal in sprint. Of course, I want to run for gold there, but uh, I know that everyone is going to be really well prepared. And uh, yeah, let's see um, if there's another medal possible as well. Of course, the relay is uh, a really good option as well. And uh, yeah, of course, the goal is to get a medal there as well. And then, then I'm really happy. Yeah, that uh, sounds like you're on uh, right road uh, on that as far as we can understand for your answers here. And it will be really exciting to see you in this season. And thanks for having time to talk with us. Thank you. Thanks for your invitation. Bye-bye. The last part to go. I was all there and... Uh, as uh, the orienteering node we are, we were making some notes. Uh, and uh, what was the biggest uh, bullet points for you uh, this time, Ivo? Uh, well, I think uh, first of what strikes me when I was listening to this is that uh, this is a, a woman that has gained a lot of confidence after winning the World Championship. Uh, because, yeah, from yeah some years ago, you know, when... You heard her talking about things. It was like yeah, hoping to be competitive, hope to do good races and perform well. And now she's yeah, she's getting confident, uh, getting secure in her position as one of the best orienteers in the world. And she's being ambitious and she's not afraid to share her ambitions. I mean, yeah, trying to be two Alexandersen in the overall World Cup, that's a great goal. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but it is possible. Uh, she has shown that she can be competitive in all the disciplines in different types of terrain and all that uh, the same with the long-term goal of winning all distances uh, i don't think i don't think she would have said that in an interview two years ago um, so yeah it's good to see that the uh, winning world championship is not only giving her a medal it's also giving her uh, a lot of confidence to yeah to be more secure in in the, her level and her own performance capacity and i mean there is no reason why she should say something else i mean she is yeah world champion european champion she has been winning yeah is it eight or nine gold medals at jaywalk uh, she's one of the biggest talents of all time uh, in the sport and and now she's reached the top of her career uh, of top of the world at age 20 25 um, and we know that in a sport like orienteering endurance sport and a sport with yeah so much is based on experience in yeah child learning experiences different terrains and so on that most most top runners they have their peak in the years that she's about to enter so she should be optimistic about the future yeah but uh, i like uh, runners and athletes who is uh, telling uh, the truth uh, to say so it's Not great. Fair. It's great. It's. I mean, it's. Uh, it's no point in having girls athletes like you know with uh, how it was with the Norwegian skier Teresa Johag. She was like the best, winning all the time, and she was like going into championship press conferences and saying, "Yeah, my target for the championship is to win a medal," and then she goes there and win three gold medals, four gold medals every time. Uh, you don't want to have athletes like that. You want to have athletes that are yeah, they are not afraid of telling their ambitions because they all have the ambitions uh, but yeah it's I, I think it's really great that uh, yeah that we have an athlete that is yeah spilling out the beans saying the target target is to win gold medal in every discipline uh, it is reachable uh, of course it's not going to be easy but it is possible uh, 
And uh, what's uh, definitely possible and uh, what will happen is uh, that there will be, a, should we call it a pre-world uh, orienteering champs, a little teaser at least in Edinburgh with the sprint uh, weekend there at, at the upcoming weekend. Yeah, so there's this, I think it's a traditional race, like a big weekend, uh, sprint weekend in Edinburgh with world ranking events and of course with the World Championship coming up in Edinburgh in the summer. Uh, a lot of a lot of good runners is traveling to to Great Britain to yeah to to run these races and do a training camp before the World Champs. Um, the program is uh, intense as it should be in Spring Weekend. It's always like that. So it starts with some sprint relay on Friday evening. Uh, I think it's a man and woman. You run teams of two where both run two legs. Um, then on Saturday it's the world ranking event sprint, and then on Sunday there's another elite sprint. And I was just scrolling through the entry list before we started recording, and here are a lot of good names. Um, we see that uh, the Norwegian team is there with training camp. I think the Finnish team is there. A lot of Finnish runners. Uh, some of the very best Czech runners are there. Uh, we have na- strong national team runners from Germany. Uh, with the including the junior world champion Anselm Reichenbach, we have the best runners from Spain. Uh, the Belgium is there with a good team, and of course with Yannick Michels as the spearhead. Um, some of the best Hungarians are there with the junior world champions of Rita Maramrosi and Soltan Boydoso, um, and also Martin Reiborn is there. Uh, so it's a really strong field, uh, and of course a lot of British runners national team runners and national runners uh, no Ralph Street uh, no Megan Carter Davis I think Megan Carter Davis is in, struggling with injury injuries and with injury problems uh, but we will see Chris Jones uh, and I mean I'm extremely excited to see what he can do um, because it's been yeah I mean we haven't seen much of him at all uh, since since the world champs in Denmark and he is definitely one of the guys I'm very excited for 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 the summer and the world championship yeah so he will have a sneak peek of uh, the shape and uh, uh, of many re- really good runners so it will be really exciting to see uh, this this one um, and uh, there was also happening something in uh, the other side of the world yeah and I think this is also very relevant for the world championship because the ocean Oceanian Championship is being held in um, in New Zealand, and if I'm not mistaken, it should be like that. The winners on this knockout sprint and the individual sprint, they will get the personal spot for the for the World Championship. Um, yeah, and it's it's two weekends, so the upcoming weekend uh, on Sunday there's the the knockout sprint championship. Uh, and then the day after on a Monday, I assume it's a holiday or something like that, if, as it is on a Monday. Um, but then it's the sprint relay championship. And then the following week, weekend, there is the individual sprint. And these two weekends is also filled with um, yeah, with two sprint series. So the first weekend is like the, the Lonely Mountain sprints. And the second one is the Auckland Triple Crown sprints. Uh, so there will be a lot of um, yeah, high quality competitive sprint races not only for the elite, but for, for all classes, these two weekends are coming up. Uh, and there's, uh, I was scroll, uh, looking at the, looking at the entry list here as well. Um, 
a bit dis, uh, a bit surprised. I saw that Tim Robertson is entered for both the knockout sprint and the sprint. Uh, he's been talking a lot in his podcast about uh, having big, a big injury. And I took a look at this Strava and it doesn't seem like he's been running much. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in dope that we will get to see him. But uh, if he's already back competing uh, only three months after European Championship, that's, uh, that will be yeah a, a surprise, but a, a, a good surprise. Um, and also another good surprise is that Aston Key is entered for the sprint. Um, we had our talk with him uh, some time ago and it seems like he's still been training mostly on the bike and not doing that much of running so yeah I mean it's good to see the names on the start list but there are I, I, I'm having question marks whether they will actually be at the start so that will be very interesting to see yeah really interesting both of them uh, if they have a good uh, training from now on until the world champs uh, yeah that could be uh really tasty for them yeah i mean i've been i've been looking a bit at aston key's training sessions on the bike and the, the numbers of what he's producing uh, in some of the intensive sessions he's having uh, i mean it seems like he's extremely extremely well trained at the moment so uh, i i think aston key doesn't need more than two three months of running and then he will be competitive at the world championship so if he's already able to compete in the end of January, beginning of February. I think that's uh, that's uh, way ahead of schedule. And the women's class, uh, did we mention them here in there? No, uh, not much. I think uh, in both classes, there are some good foreign runners. Uh, on the men's side, we have the Swiss Timo Sutter and also the, the Swedish junior Joel Gulsetter. Uh, I would not be surprised if we see both of those names competing internationally, uh, World Cup, World Championship, for Timo Sutter and at the Junior World Championship for Joel Gulsetter. So it would be interesting to see how they match up with the, with the local runners. Uh, on the women's side, uh, I think maybe we find the biggest favorite among the, uh, the foreigners, uh, Emma Biesmo, uh, Tim Robertson's wife, uh, is, is entered. Uh, the young Swiss Ines Perche is there, the Czech national team runner Teresa Novotna, and also Austrian Ilvi Kastner. So, yeah, so some good European runners are there uh, enjoying the summer on the other side of the world uh, and also taking part in some high-quality competition and offering some challenges for the for the local favorites. And I think, yeah, as there is big question marks regarding the form of Tim Robertson and Aston Key, um, it's hard to point out a, a big, big favorite for the for the Oceanian titles in the on the men's side. Uh, I think maybe if I had to pick one guy, I would go for the New Zealand runner Joseph Lynch. Um, but yeah, there should be there should be both Australians and more New Zealand guys that is able to challenge him. Uh, of course, yeah, junior star Sefa Fawaya, for example, would be interesting to see how he stands up at uh, against strong elite runners in uh, in the elite class. Uh, on the women's side, yeah, the experienced Lizzie Ingham is is always a favorite uh, in these kind of races. Uh, and that uh, we will uh, analyze uh, next week. Uh, and, then, and then we also will have a new guest. And who is the favorite to be the new guest? Oh, we should find someone that is... Uh, that is very relevant for the the World Championship this summer. So one of the good sprinters would be good. Uh, I don't have anyone in mind, but I'm sure that we will we will be able to offer our listeners uh, a great interview also next week. Yeah, until then, uh, you should uh, 
go out and train either it is in snow or uh, in uh, without snow and uh, keep up listening to us also next week when we will be back bye bye Mannen drar ut och löper orientering Med kart och kompass och med räktiga sko Siktar sågar efter bästa notering För kroppen var lätt och god I vår national orientering podcast Mapping compass, navigation skill Orientering competition Nej, man mött nog jävligt bra på bostad Running like a motherfucker I vår national orientering podcast